Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Michael Pitkowski, and today we will learn Shabbat Daf 29. On both Shabbat and Yom Tov, there's a category of prohibited objects that are muktzeh. If an object is defined as being muktzeh, under most circumstances, it is forbidden to move this object. We will learn more about muktzeh later on in Masechet Shabbat, but it is important to understand that one of the groups of objects that are forbidden because they are muktzeh are objects that have come into existence on either Shabbat or Yom Tov, a category that the Talmud calls nolad, literally something that is born. Our daf begins with a discussion of this concept of nolad. The category of nolad is relevant to the lighting of Shabbat candles because a Mishnah on the previous page brought a disagreement about whether one was able to light Shabbat candles with a wick made of cloth, which one twisted but did not singe. According to Rabbi Eliezer, it is forbidden to use such a cloth because it is impure, while according to Rabbi Akiva, it is permitted since the cloth cannot become impure. Rabbi Yehuda understood Rabbi Eliezer's prohibition to be because it is nolad. According to Rabbi Yehuda, on a Yom Tov, it is forbidden to use broken vessels that were broken on Yom Tov itself as fuel for a fire, since they are considered mukseh because of nolad. That is, since they didn't exist the day before the holiday, once they were created on the holiday, it became forbidden to handle them. Therefore, one cannot use them as fuel for a fire. Our daf brings a number of sources that discuss the issue of nolad on a Yom Tov usually describing situations in which food scraps are to be used for burning in a fire. In the midst of this discussion about nolad, the opinion of Rav is cited. What follows in the Gemara is a comment about Rav's statement that is found in a number of other places in the Talmud. The Gemara says that Rav actually never stated his opinion about the subject. Rather, some anonymous person formulated a statement in the name of Rav based upon an actual event that happened involving Rav. In the original it says, La b'feirush itmar, ela mechlala itmar. The person felt that Rav's behavior during the event was so clear that he could construct a declarative statement in Rav's name, even though he never actually said it. The Talmud is very careful to make sure that it is correctly citing sources, yet here we see the Talmud admitting that some statements are made up. While they are often based upon a reasonable understanding of what a person's opinion was, we must be aware that not everything attributed to a rabbinic figure may have actually been said by them. On Shabbat 29b, there is a Mishnah that presents an important law regarding the use of fire on Shabbat. On Erev Shabbat, Shabbat Eve, a person should not pierce an eggshell, fill it with oil, and put it on the opening of a lamp, so that the oil will drip out and sustain the flame of the lamp even if the lamp itself was made of earthenware. And Rabbi Judah permits doing so. But if the potter joined it to begin with, it is permitted, since it is one utensil. 
A person may not fill a dish with oil and put it beside a lamp and place the head of the wick into it so that it will draw oil from the dish and Rabbi Judah permits doing so. The laws enumerated in this Mishnah are based upon rabbinic understandings of how a flame might be inadvertently extinguished on Shabbat. Hence the hesitancy to permit the construction of a candle that might lead to a forbidden activity on Shabbat. Following this Mishnah, there are a number of stories that help us understand how law was generated during the Talmudic period. The first story described an incident that happened on Shabbat in the city of Lud, which today is close to Ben-Gurion Airport. Said Rabbi Judah, Once we spent the Sabbath in the upper room of the household of Nitze in Lud, and they brought before us an eggshell, and we filled it with oil and pierced it and placed it over the mouth of the lamp. Now even though Rabbi Tarfun and the elders were right there in the room, they said nothing at all to us. They said to him, Is there proof from that case? Rabbi Judah was attempting to learn law based upon something that he had seen with his own eyes. A person took an eggshell, filled it with oil, pierced it, and then placed it near the lamp. A number of sages were present, and no one said a thing. Based upon their silence, Rabbi Judah wanted to learn that it was permitted to do such a thing. If you recall, Rabbi Judah was the rabbi in the Mishnah who permitted this. The response to Rabbi Judah was that this really isn't a good case to learn anything from, and the Gemara elaborates and said that this household, Beit Nitza, was very careful about the commandments, and therefore there was no fear that they would do anything inappropriate. But with someone else, you never know what might happen. The second story, which in fact refers to this first story, took place in the city of Tsipuri, which is found in the Galilee. Abin of Tsipuri dragged a bench in the upper chamber that was paved with stone. This was in the presence of Rabbi Isaac ben Eliezer. He said to him, If I keep silent for you, as the colleagues of Rabbi Judah kept silent for him, chaos will follow. It is forbidden to drag such a thing in a chamber that is paved with stone as a precautionary decree because of the possibility of doing so in one that is not paved with stone. Since in that case, the bench will form a rut, and it is forbidden to make a rut on the Sabbath. Rabbi Isaac ben Eliezer was worried about the Sabbath prohibition of creating a rut in the ground. While the bench was being dragged on a stone floor, he was worried that if he permitted dragging a bench on a stone floor, someone might come to drag it on a forbidden area, such as a field. In this situation, the dragging of the bench would likely result in a violation of the Sabbath. Rabbi Isaac ben Eliezer is well aware of the possible ramifications of his silence. If I keep silent for you as the colleagues of Rabbi Judah kept silent for him, chaos will follow. He knew that every action of his was being watched, and his silence would have been interpreted as agreement. Both of these stories emphasize the real-life situations in which law is often generated. While sometimes it is a result of studying the Beit Midrash, other times it is a result of interactions between real people in real-life situations. The Talmud describes many instances when students look to their teachers for instruction about proper behavior. They not only wanted to hear their rabbi's teachings, but they also wanted to see how their mentors lived their lives. They were searching for what Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel called text people. I think that there are two dangers in being too dependent on learning proper behavior from other people. The first is that when we witness someone else's behavior, we are only getting part of the story. We don't always know the process behind their decision, opening the door to a misunderstanding of their intentions. The second is that sometimes this may lead to a sort of laziness on the part of people. 
instead of trying to answer a question on their own, instead of learning about it themselves, they just look to see what someone else is doing and they think that they now have the answer. Despite these potential pitfalls, very few people live alone on a deserted island. And we, just sh- and we should all look towards mentors, colleagues, friends, and family as text people from whose behavior we can learn. This is going to be the last daf that I'll be teaching for a few months, so I hope to be learning with you again in another Masechet, Lehitrot. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.